Julie, I think I know who's ruined that book for me. Sapiens. It's the podcasters. The amateur historians. I, I, I've grown to love those. And, and now I've got a, a, a properly structured book on history. And um, I'm not liking it as much. Because I think it's too structured for me. I like unstructured chat about history. I've been rewired for what I like. Uh, that's interesting. I think that's it. You know, I love all these um, amateur historians on podcasts. I don't want to hear from professors and uh, people who know what they're talking about. Um, I think that's it. You know, because I was having a, a slight crack at Noah. I can't remember his full name. Um, uh, the the author of Sapiens, because I'm listening to his book. See, that's another thing. I'm not even reading it. I'm listening to it. So the book might be fine if I read it, but I'm listening to it. So that brings in another layer, uh, another another dimension, another parameter. Um, I, I'm not reading the book the same way well for a start the same way that it was written you know because um the way the author is um putting his history down is not the way that one reads it because one reads it in one's own tone but there's another um there's a middleman involved here when you're on audiobooks it's the narrator um, so I'm getting it Chinese Whispers style, and it could be that the narrator is putting me off, and that if I read the book, I might like it even better. The book's probably fine. Um, uh, but, uh, gee, I tell you what, it's hard to get, you know, it's hard to get to the bottom of what someone's trying to tell you. Um, it will happen. Then they can have two communists on their ticket. I've got texts that come down at the top of my screen as I'm speaking from all my friends. You know, he's talking about the uh, US election. God knows what he's talking about. I kind of do. Um, he's talking about the Democrat convention and all this sort of stuff, you know. Anyway, um, so, oh yeah, we were talking about Joe Biden in texts. You know, because um, he makes me cringe when he talks about black people. <laughs> Every time he talks about black people or brown people or whatever, um, I go, oh, leave it to your vice president in waiting, will you? Because <laughs> she is brown, <laughs> you know. But when it comes from you, Joe Biden, it doesn't come off right. You know, you're not a rapper. <laughs> you're like me. Don't try and be a rapper. Don't try and be black, you know doesn't work you know uh, what did he say the other day Joe Biden um, today you know because he picked Kamala Harris as his running mate uh, she's brown and she's female so mm, that's fantastic you know um, a, and he repeated the Hillary speech you know, because when Hillary uh, Hillary said Hillary said you remember that band um, but I think that was talking about Edmund Hillary <laughs> but anyway um, I'm on the drug, I'm on the drug, I'm on the drug that killed River Phoenix. Greg, the stop sign. 
Baptism. What a great band. Anyway. Uh, Joe Biden. Um, he thought he'd pull that card out that Hillary played, you know. When she uh, became the Democrat nominee in the previous election and did such a great job. Um, oh my God, Hillary. Thank God she didn't get in. And thank God Trump didn't get in either. Oh God, he did. Someone, one of them had to. Anyway, um, so, um, Hillary. Oh yes, she said, I think she said something like, um, this gives young girls hope. Now, young girls all over the country hope, you know, that they too, uh, you know, can aspire to be the president. Um, she got booted from the whole process in ignominious uh, circumstances. So we haven't got an Indira Gandhi moment yet. You know, we haven't got a Julia Gillard moment yet in America. We haven't got a Margaret Thatcher moment yet. We haven't got a Jacinda Ardern moment yet, you know. Um, so we'll have to wait for that one. Uh, um, so, yeah, if, every, if little girls, little white girls like Hillary all over the country were taking great heart in um, Hillary having become the Democrat nominee uh, to go up against Trump, gee, they must have felt smashed, mustn't they, when she lost the unlosable, like John Hewson did once. In the sweetest victory of all, Paul Keating. Have a listen to that speech. 1993, Paul Keating. <sighs> you couldn't have a speech like that now. Um, Paul Keating. I like, I like Labour leaders for moving the country forward in a certain way more than I like Liberal leaders in this country. Um, I, um, I, uh, Paul Keating, that speech is wonderful, 1993. Uh, and he said, never again, you know, will Australia ever put up with someone trying to divide us again. Now, this was in the era before social media. He didn't know social media was coming. We ended up divided after all. So divided, you couldn't even have that speech anymore. Things have gone pear-shaped for Paul and his dream. Um, we've gone backwards, I think, and mainly because of social media. Uh, and he brought in other reforms too. Yeah. He floated our dollar. That worked. That was good, actually. Opened us up to globalisation. Um, but another one, and it did work. You know, it's, it's got hairs on it, but what hasn't? Even woolly mammoths have got hairs on them. And look what happened to them. Yeah. But um, what's the other thing he did? Oh, superannuation. He brought in superannuation reforms. But then this COVID-19 came along, coronavirus, and everyone pulled it out again. We're in the shit again in about 20 years or 30 years. Oh, well, you know, you're in there for a good time. You know, when you're a prime minister, well, Paul Keating gave it a shot. And, he, you know, he... He brought some things in. I like Paul. But back to Joe Biden. You know, see, I'm a lefty when it comes to Australian politics, I think. You know, I waxed lyrical, spiritual. That sounds like a Joan Armour trading song. Um, about Labour. You know, the spirit of Labour. I made a couple of episodes about the spirit of Labour. 
recently because I like the I like the values of the Australian left. I've got no time for the American left though. The Democrats, it's a different form of left. Um, uh, no time for that at all. Um, but you know, I wax lyrical about eight eight eight, you know, and all that sort of stuff. You know, um, we were the first to get that in. You know. Uh, eight hours of work, eight hours of rest, and eight hours of leisure, and eight hours of sleep. Um, yeah, and I, I, I kind of argued that that was the next step along in our civilization. You know, um, yeah, where you know we had to we had to shake off slavery. The world has nothing to do with African Americans, but slavery as a whole goes back thousands of years. Every race, color, creed was into slavery. Everyone believed in it. Everyone. Africans believed in it. Everybody was into it. The only people, the only people who got shitty in the end, were the ones who ended up um, the slaves at that moment in time in history when they happened to be the slaves. When the penny dropped, that maybe slavery is a bad idea, you know. But before that, like Africans, for example, if they were slaves, they would have said, "We still believe in slavery, but we want to be the masters, and we want the other guy to be the slaves." Yeah. So no one was against slavery, really in the civilized world um so there's that um but you know i i see that as a you know step one we had to tick off you know get rid of slavery as a as a as an institution you know i don't think that had ever been done before i know cyrus the great set all the slaves free it's in the bible but i'm not sure that he kind of did much for the um abolishment of slavery you know that was kind of a more english european enlightenment thing and, uh, and and then people say, oh, yeah, but they got that from Jesus. The idea of all men are equal. Yeah, well, why, why didn't Jesus bring it in? You know, I'm giving this one to Wilberforce. You know? Everyone says, Jesus, Jesus, you know. Why didn't Jesus get rid of slavery? It's We've proved now that it was possible to get rid of it. We got rid of it. You know, we've got, we got other forms of slavery, but, you know, the pure slavery where you own someone's soul. We got rid of that. Um, and people say, oh, yeah, but you French Enlightenment thinkers, you're so secular, but you only got those ideas from Jesus anyway. I say, yeah, well, why didn't Jesus get rid of slavery? You know, walking around saying, there will be poor always. It's just something you have to live with. That's Jesus, you know. And then later on, you know, maybe in a 100 years, we'll eliminate poverty, you know, like we're trying to eliminate racism now. And people say, oh, yeah, but you got that idea from Jesus. The fact that all people are equal and we should get rid of poverty. Yeah? Well, why didn't Jesus um, get rid of it? Yeah. He was a god. Yeah. Why wasn't he even an activist for it? In fact, he was an appeaser. Yeah. He took all those oils from Mary Magdalene and said, Oh, oil my feet, baby. Yeah. He really did, in a manner of speaking. Um, rub my feet. He said to Mary Magdalene, he just did think about it. He's sitting there and, you know, Judas, was it? You know, hey, what are you getting oils from a prostitute for? And all this sort of stuff, you know. And he's going, hey, there'll always be poor people. Yeah, because Judas said, why don't you divert those funds for those expensive oils to the poor? And he said, hey, Judas, a prostitute here. You know, she's going to rub my feet. Is this a boys club or not? You know, us blokes all together, Judas. You know, so he said to Mary, Mary, 
rub my feet, uh, lift my, lift the hem of my cloak. <laughs> Literally, that's what would have had to happen. I'm not being disrespectful. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, and I see step one as being, you know, the idea of the abolishment of slavery. Look, probably step one was inventing fire. And step two was Greek thought or something, you know, things like that. This is, there's been steps along the way. Step three was Jesus, you know. Um, uh, but, you know, eventually the penny dropped, let's get rid of slavery. You know, and then the Africans picked up, you know, African-Americans picked up on that. You know, Martin Luther King, after the Europeans thought of that, Martin Luther King said, you know, the great plagiarist. <laughs> it's on his file. You know, go to the US Congress, bloody U Butte 176 Library, whatever, 1776, whatever, um, and, and, and grab Martin Luther King's thesis, you know, that got, made him a doctor. He's a plagiarist. Anyway, and um, Martin Luther King, I have a dream, you know. And um, he got that from the French Enlightenment and the English Enlightenment and the Scottish Enlightenment thinkers and all that sort of stuff. It wasn't his dream. He's plagiarising in a nice way. He got the results, so good on him. I'm a fan of Martin Luther King. I don't care if he's a liar and a cheat, you know, as long as you get the right results. You've got to be Machiavellian about this stuff. And then they, in turn, got it from Jesus. Martin Luther King, you did not have that dream. Jesus had that dream, you know. <sighs> but anyway, um, so Joe Biden. Um, yes, so you get this level one where, you know, the penny drops for the human race. Let's invent fire. Well, that was another one. Let's invent the wheel. Oh, that's another one, you know. Let's invent the boomerang. Let's invent the F-18A Hornet. My mum, you know, she says, the boomerang, think about it, it's amazingly aerodynamic, you know, like it's a really, she says, she, she loves indigenous stuff, and she says, it's just amazing, that, you know, the, uh, the boomerang comes back, you know, my boomerang will come back, <laughs> my boomerang will come back, I practiced till I was black in the face, wave the thing all over the place, big disgrace, the Aboriginal race, my boomerang will come back. <laughs> That song came down from Megathera in a burnout blue FJ. Oh yeah. Anyway, um, oh, I'm glad we left the seventies behind or the eighties. Um, no good. Um, so slavery. Yes. Oh yes, boomerangs. Joe Biden. Yeah. Um. Boomerangs. You know, so I said to my mum, I was in a smartest. It's her fault. She made me Irish. It's only because this is not a social commentary. It's a comedy, all right? This whole thing's a comedy. I'm joking. Um, but she said, ah, you know, boomerangs, they come back. And I say, well, so do F-18A hornets. you got no idea how many kangaroos those things can kill. <laughs> yeah, and this is what I said to her. Put a boomerang on the tarmac. You know, let's go down to, you know, Avalon um, and, uh, you know, or an Air Force base somewhere and we'll, we'll just place a boomerang on the tarmac. We'll look at it and consider it and say, bad, not a bad weapon, 
Good invention. And then... <laughs> we'll park an F-18 Hornet. Is that a plane? I think it is. We'll put an Apache helicopter next to that boomerang. Yeah. And we'll say, right, let's go kill some kangaroos. Weapon of choice. Well, I'd be jumping in the in the helicopter, you know. We use helicopters to cull kangaroos and kill millions of them. Yeah. In the um now this could be an in, in initiative actually. You know, we get the helicopters out in the outback, you know. You with a rifle. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> what what I think we need to do is get an Apache helicopter. <laughs> Blow up 40,000 kangaroos and a couple of farmers as well. And a couple of mobs. That's the problem with, you know, Maralinga. Anyway, but slavery level one. Get rid of it. But slavery level two, you can get rid of that too. And I better finish because I've got to get to work. Yeah. Slavery level two is um, is uh, when you know we kind of tried to knock off indentured labour. You know, because in Australia, when Australia started, um, we were already you know we'd already ticked off level one, so we had no slavery, but um, we had indentured labour still. You know, and uh, that was brutal. In fact, you'd rather be a house slave in on a cotton field in America on some occasions, or a house elf working for Mr. Crouch in Harry Potter, then you would um, want to be a um, an indentured, you know, a Pacific Islander dragged away from your island, blackbirded, no chance of getting back. You're not a slave, but you're an indentured labourer. You still got your soul, but you're an indentured labourer, and um, you've had you've essentially had your soul ripped out anyway. You know? Who'd want to be that? You know. Uh, so you know, Australia had indentured labour, not much better than slavery, better better in a, a extremely. A deep way on a spiritual level, you know, another man doesn't own your soul. You know that's brutal. That's why America can't get over its black thing at the moment. Yeah, you know, but we had ticked off slavery. We were into indentured labour, so we got more chance of reconciliation. You know, with Indigenous Australians, for example, and even Pacific Islanders, we've got more chance because we didn't own. You know, we didn't claim we we didn't own their souls. Uh, it's a huge deal. But as far as day-to-day living goes, it wasn't much better. It wasn't any better, really, being an indentured labourer uh, than a slave. Uh, look, level three was fair working conditions. You know, and Australia sort of ushered those in before any other country in history. So that was level three slavery. And then I could keep going, marks and all that sort of stuff. But I've got to get back to work and there's people coming and I don't want to hear, they don't want to hear me talking and all that sort of stuff. That's enough of that episode.